Hello and welcome to the podcast for the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. I'm Richard Lane and in this podcast we're discussing a paper published on May the 13th, 2019, which is looking at an association between adolescent pregnancy and child undernutrition in India. It's a fascinating, broad and complex topic. Let's hear from our guest interviewees, who are two of the authors on the paper. Hi, my name is Purnima Menon. I'm a senior research fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute based in our South Asia office in New Delhi. And hi, my name is Pum Nguyen. I'm a research fellow at International Food Policy Research Institute. I'm based in Vietnam. Lovely. Thank you both very much for joining the podcast, uh, talking about your paper published in The Lancet, Child and Adolescent Health. And this is exploring an association between adolescent pregnancy and child undernutrition in India. Very important topic. Uh, let's get straight into it. Can we just for, for background purposes, can we look at the, the public health stroke cultural aspects in the Indian population? How serious a concern is adolescent pregnancy in India? Adolescent pregnancy in India is actually much more common than any of us would hope for. In 2016, what, what we've seen is almost a third of married women had given birth by the age of 18. And of the first-time mothers who are in our study sample, 25% of them first gave birth when they were adolescents. So it's not like things haven't improved. There has been quite a bit of change in the last 10 years, but it's still a bit shocking that a quarter of first-time mothers in 2016 uh, gave birth as adolescents. So we think it's a pretty serious issue. And the concern of stunting, childhood stunting, how prevalent is that, again, looking at that from a public health perspective in the Indian context? What do we know about childhood stunting and undernutrition? Again, childhood uh, stunting has been recognized as a significant public health and a significant development problem, really, uh, in India. It's been recognized for the last decade or so. Several people have been uh, studying it, discussing it, talking about it. It's found a strong place in the policy discourse as well. So about a third of in Indian children are stunted. So again, as of uh, 2016 data, we find that about a third of uh, Indian children are stunted or too short for their age. And we know that this is associated with several both short-term and, and long-term uh, consequences. It's, it's a marker of a lot of things that have not gone right for those babies, really. Uh, so again, it's an issue that we're quite concerned about, and, and our research team has been trying to dig into, into the problem um, of stunting, you know, really try and understand all the different things that affect it over the years. Thank you very much. Now let's turn to, to your research and the paper, summarising your research in The Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. How do you summarise the broad aims of your research? Very much looking at a holistic approach, isn't it, to this problem? Because obviously India is a huge country. The numbers of potential young mothers and children we're talking, the, the numbers would be vast. Tell us about the approach and the need for a holistic approach. When we review the literature, we found a good body of evidence that adolescent pregnancy has a bad consequences for both mother and children, but very few studies try to understand the potential pathway of this relationship. And if some of those who look at that, who they only look at few aspects, they don't look at several factors. Our study use holistic approach that we look at comprehensive factors at different level, at biological, social, and program factors. And we try to understand the two research questions. 
First, what is the magnitude of the association between adolescent pregnancy and child poor nutrition outcomes? And the second, we try to unpack the pathway of this relationship. In terms of your data sets, tell us about the methodology and how you actually went about doing your study, your research. Yes, so we used data from the first round of Indian National Family Health Surveys, which was conducted in 2015 and 16. This survey is similar to the DHS survey in many other countries and is representative at national, district, and the state levels. This huge survey, we collect the data in about 600,000 households, and we use a sample of about 60,000 women with the first birth. So in the first step, we divide women in the three groups based on their age at the first time of birth. The first one is the 15 to 19 years, we'll categorize like an adolescent mother. The second is 20 to 24 years, like young adult. And the last group is more than 25 years old, like adult. We compare the outcome between these three groups to find out what extent adolescent pregnancy is related to child nutrition. In the second step, we use a regression model to examine the association between adolescent pregnancy with several factors that may have influence on child nutrition status. And then finally, we use a PASS model to examine these linkages between adolescent pregnancy and the child poor outcomes. Thank you very much. That's very clear. Now, do continue and, and walk us through the main results from your research. As expected, we found that children born to adolescents had poorer child nutrition outcome. Specifically, when we compare to children born to adults, those who were born to adolescents had lower high for it or weight for it score. They had much higher stunting and underweight prevalence, about 10 percentage points higher. We also found evidence that adolescent pregnancy is associated with poorer maternal nutrition status. They are shorter, they are thinner, they are more anemic. They had lower education, about three years less schooling. They are also less likely to assess antenatal health services. They had poorer complementary feeding practices and they live in poorer condition. And all these factors are the linkages between uh, adolescent pregnancy and child stunting. And I expect you weren't surprised by those results. I think the most important thing about your study, of course, are its implications. What do these findings mean? What can be done in terms of potential interventions? Tell me what these results mean, do you think, and what needs to be done? So um, our, our findings, in a sense, they, they firstly absolutely reinforce that the consequences of teenage pregnancy are really wide-ranging and that they're terrible for the, the children born to those uh, to, to mothers who have babies when they were young. What they also do, because we have this comprehensive and pathway-based approach to examining that relationship, they put a spotlight on the fact that teenage pregnancy is in itself associated with some of these factors that people have recognized are important to move uh, the needle on nutrition. So particularly things like maternal education, maternal nutrition, these underlying social determinants, and, and even access to, to healthcare. So in a sense, you know, what our paper does is put a spotlight and on the fact that 
uh, teenage pregnancy almost underpins a really large number of risk factors for poor nutrition. And in a sense that addressing this really critical risk factor of teenage pregnancy can deliver fairly wide-ranging outcomes. So firstly, of course, it, it clearly delivers intergenerational benefits. Secondly, because it relates to these other outcomes, which are all part of the SDGs, so education is part of the SDGs, poverty is part of the SDGs, equity in health is part of the SDGs. And because it's related to all of those, it in a sense has a real power to, to create this ripple effect, if you will, for the SDGs. Of course, it's not like there haven't been or there aren't policy instruments or programs to address these even in India. Those are clearly there and they've been effective uh, to some extent uh, because we've seen a large decline in early childbearing in the last, uh, last decade. So the kinds of interventions that exist in the policy space are legal mandates against child marriage, are um, cash transfers to keep girls in school, working with frontline health workers and others to delay preg the, the first pregnancy, community engagement around these issues. What we feel is that these really need to now be reinforced, re re-emphasized, and sort of really rolled out because the implications of it are so wide-ranging. They're not just for the girl who, you know, unfortunately is, is married early and has a baby early, but they have ripple effects across multiple SDGs. And so the pathways in a sense that are triggered, the negative pathways that are triggered when a girl is married early are so wide ranging that in fact, by addressing that one policy target of early marriage, you're likely to have positive spillovers on several other, um, several SDGs, which affect both the girl um, and her adulthood, as well as the life of her children. So we think it's a um, really important uh, policy entry point to focus in on early childbearing and in context where early childbearing is so intertwined with early marriage to address early marriage as well. How much of this is about a rights-based approach as well? I'm thinking of, of the young women and their decision or their wish or not to become pregnant. Is there a huge education awareness program implication here as to, because presumably a lot of these young girls may not wish to become pregnant necessarily, but feel, but, but don't have any power within their, their marital relationship to, to you know, to, to prevent it. Is that right? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's absolutely a, a, a rights issue for, for girls and uh, it isn't, you know, it, in India, most, I, I think it's 99% of childbearing happens in the context of marriage. So it really starts with the right to um, control the age at which you get married. So it's, it starts with that and then spills over into, well, once you get married, uh, do you have the right to control when you have a child or not? And that's a decision between the woman, her spouse, predominantly. So it's definitely a rights issue. I, you know, anecdotally, we've certainly heard of girls standing up for or standing up against child marriage in their communities across India. Uh, there's a lot to document and to learn about success stories across the country that have led to the change that one has seen in the last 10 years. So there has been a big change in early marriage and early childbearing in the last 10 years, we know that many different states have deployed different approaches to it, whether it's community engagement and rights education or cash transfers or 
sort of really reinforcing the the legal the mandates and and acting on the legal mandates. Um, but the country is is really so it, it's so large and there's so much variability, uh, potentially even in the the reasons for early marriage and early childbearing are going to vary by state, maybe even within state. And there's a lot of rich information and experience out there on how different approaches have been used. You know, how has the rights approach been used? How has the legal mandate approach been used? How has community engagement been, been used? And, you know, I guess a part of us feels like in demonstrating the relationship with something that is quite a, um, uh, child nutrition is very salient, both in the global and in the Indian policy discourse right now. And at some level, I guess we're hoping that by by linking or showing the strong linkages between these two uh, areas, we can also connect the policy actors and the researchers and the implementers who work sometimes on these issues separately um, and not in as tightly linked away as would be yeah. ideal. Which brings, yeah. which brings us back to that point you made earlier about the need for a holistic view approach to, to this um, very broad problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Good. absolutely. It's a fascinating study and it, clearly the implications are far reaching. And from a societal perspective, this is a very important piece of research in this much larger public health concern in India, adolescent pregnancy and child undernutrition. Thank you very much indeed for joining the podcast for The Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much.